Delancey Elim Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 in the Delancey Elim Church building at a bank St. Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. I'd like to continue our sermon series which I started last week entitled Women of Grace. If you remember last week we started by looking at the life of Rahab and we delved into her life and the and experiences that she had and we learned so much about uh, Rahab and applied it into our lives. Well today I want to carry on with that um, theme of Women of Grace and we're going to be looking at Mary today. Um, the names that, that uh, the people that I've chosen to look at in this series are all taken from Matthew chapter 1 and the genealogy of Jesus Christ and the line of David, the line of Jesus. And in that um, chapter, if you've got that, look in there today, Matthew chapter 1, you'll see there are five women mentioned. And so we're going to look at those five women over these next few weeks. Rahab we've done, but today we're going to do Mary. Uh, I'm not doing it in chronological order, I'm just doing it as I feel led. And so... Let's have a look at Mary. Um, Here is a profile of Mary as written and described in my Life Application Bible. Motherhood is a painful privilege. Young Mary of Nazareth had the unique privilege of being mother to the very Son of God. Yet the pains and pleasures of a motherhood can be understood by mothers everywhere. Mary was the only human present at Jesus' birth who, was also, who also witnessed his death. She saw him arrive as her baby son and she watched him die as her saviour. Until Gabriel's unexpected visit, Mary's life was quite satisfactory. She had recently become engaged to a carpenter, Joseph, was anticipating married life, but her life was about to be changed forever. Angels don't usually make appointments before visiting. As if she was being congratulated for winning the grand prize in a contest she had never entered, Mary found the angel's greeting puzzling and his presence frightening. What she heard next was the news almost every woman in Israel hoped to hear, that her child would be the Messiah, God's promised saviour. Mary did not doubt the message, but rather asked how pregnancy would be possible. Gabriel told her the baby would be God's God's son. Her answer was the one God waits in vain to hear from so many other people. I am the Lord's servant. May it be as you have said. Later, her song of joy shows us how well she knew God, for her thoughts were filled with his words from the Old Testament. Within a few weeks of his birth, Jesus was taken to the temple to be dedicated to God. There, Joseph and Mary, who were met by two devout people, Simeon and Anna, who recognised the child as the Messiah and praised God. Simeon directed some words for Mary that must have come to her mind many times in the years that followed. A sword would pierce your own soul. A big part of a painful privilege of motherhood would be to see her son rejected and crucified by the people he came to save. We can imagine that even 
If she had known all she would suffer as Jesus' mother, Mary would still have been given the same response. She would have still given the same response. Are you, like Mary, available to be used by God? So let's have a look at the life of Mary. Before God revealed Mary her unique place in the world, she was on a different track altogether. She was in the middle of building what she believed would be the good life with her fiancé, Joseph. Like the rest of us, she was busy making her own plans. She had her own plans. She knew what she was going to be doing. And as quite a young woman, Mary was called to give it all up before she really even got started. God called her to let go of her own plans and enter into his will. Mary's story opens in scripture as a a Jewish teenager, probably around 14 to 16 years old. That's what uh, scholars think the age she would have been. Here she is engaged to be married to a carpenter. She was embarking upon one of life's major adventures, her marriage. No doubt she and Joseph, uh, like all young couples, had discussed their wedding plans and dreamed about the rest of their lives together as husband and wife. Then suddenly, on an ordinary day, God sent an unmistakable message to Mary. God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary with startling news. It was a disturbing surprise, to say the least, in the middle of all the plans she was making with Joseph. God spoke directly to her. Let's read about this in Luke chapter 1. If you've got your Bible, let's read from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Verse 26 of chapter 2 says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be as you have said. Then the angel left her. In the middle of an ordinary day, in the middle of an ordinary life, God breaks in and changes a life 
and changes a world forever. And this is what happens to us as mankind. God breaks in. He wants to break into all of our lives and change our lives for the good. For most of us here today, God has already done that. He has interrupted our ordinary lives and changed our lives from ordinary to be extraordinary. And I think sometimes we forget that. As followers of Jesus, we forget that God has broken into our ordinary lives and done something extraordinary with it. Maybe we've forgotten what our life was before we became a follower of Jesus. And we can see from Mary's life that she stayed close to God throughout her life. And we'll look at this later, how she stored up all the things. She treasured all those things that she felt and experienced, the things that she saw, the things that happened in her life. She stored them up. On this ordinary day, Mary encounters an angel. That in itself is not normal, is it? To encounter an angel. It's not a daily experience. I've never seen an angel, and I don't know if Mary had either. I know people have seen angels, and their lives have never been the same on seeing an angel. Her encounter, Mary's encounter with this heavenly being, changed her life forever. It must have been an incredible shock to see this angel. But after the shock, Gabriel speaks to her and tells her that she is highly favoured. We find that in verse 28. She is highly favoured. Wow. Could you imagine what that would have been like? Mary, minding her own business, getting herself busy and ready for a wedding that was coming, getting along with her daily life, ordinary life. She's confronted with this heavenly being telling her that she is highly favoured and that the Lord is with her. And throughout her life, we can see that the Lord is definitely with her. You know, on studying Mary, there's not an awful, awful lot about her life in Scripture. We know about her from the birth and there's snippets throughout the Gospels uh, of her being with Jesus. We don't know an awful lot about what happened after the birth of Jesus. But those snippets that we do have, we can see that she was a woman that definitely had the Lord God with her and definitely was highly favoured. And so the angel announces the will of God for Mary's life. He tells her that she would conceive a son that his name would be Jesus, and that he would be great. I'm sure this was a bit confusing for Mary. She felt confused, it says in the Bible. She wondered, and she was afraid, as she focused on the very question that any virgin would have asked, how can I have a baby without a husband? This is a physical impossibility. I'm a virgin. And Gabriel's answer is this. Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. What wonderful words of comfort. Nothing is 
impossible with God. Mary was highly favoured and the Lord was with her. And we can apply this into our lives today. We can put our name in there. Sally, nothing is impossible with God. Angela, nothing is impossible with God. Put your name in there. Nothing is impossible with God. And I pray that we would come to a place of trust and obedience that Mary came to, that she was in. And her reply to God is an amazing answer to God. An amazing reply to God. She says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. Such trust, such obedience. And those two things are what stands out to me with Mary as you look at her life. Her trust in God. Her unre- un- she just trusts in God with all her life. I am the Lord's servant. Complete faith in God. You know, sometimes we may read this as we read this passage at Christmas may quickly read over this and not appreciate the statement that she is saying. She has been told by an angel, angel Gabriel, that that she, a virgin, will become pregnant and give birth to a saviour, to the saviour of the world. And she says to him, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. Can you imagine what went through her mind when she was told that she would be bearing a child and this child would be the son of God. This is a virgin, a woman who was engaged and not married and in those days to, be, to become pregnant out of, out of a wedlock was an incredible sin and one that would have made you um, not, not, not welcome in, in public. And even though she knew all this, even she knew the humiliation that she would experience, she says, I am the Lord's servant. What trust, what obedience that is. Lord, I pray that I could just have a glimpse of that trust in my own life. That we could all say with our mouth, I tr- we can all say it with our mouth, I trust you, Lord, but when the tyre hits the road, do we really follow through with that trust? challenging question can we say like Mary that our lives are in your hand Lord you know we can learn so much from Mary here her faith her trust in God are incredible and one that can aspire we can aspire to be like today can you fully put your trust in God whatever the outcome whatever people may say this is complete abandonment to God and his will and his purpose. Breaking out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. The promise is given that God is the God of the impossible and wants to achieve the impossible in Mary's life and he does achieve the impossible in Mary's life. He wants to achieve the impossible in your life but it takes a willingness to be completely obedient and put in all your life into his hands. Not just a bit, but all of it. Mary was willing to do it. 
And as a result, the impossible happened. It took trust. It took humiliation. It took the possible breakdown of her engagement. It took the surrendering of her plans. Are you willing to trust God that much? Our lives, our everything. So we pick the story back up in Luke. Uh, Mary goes to spend some time with her cousin Elizabeth, an older, wiser woman. And while she's there, she sings this song. And we're going to read that song. Mary's song is found in, let's read from verse 39 in Luke chapter 1. It says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should, choose, choose, should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has, been, who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Great accolade there from Elizabeth of Mary. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And this is Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. This amazes me of Mary's life. This young teenager, like I said, between 14 and 16. She demonstrates the, the power of God to change the ordinary into extraordinary. This teenager, who was like any other teenage Jewish girl looking forward to her marriage and family life, this ordinary girl is now favoured, blessed and knowledgeable of all that is happening in her life. And what will happen in the future through the child she will give birth to? It's almost too much to take in. But it's just a glimpse of the power of God in our lives when God breaks in with the or- into our ordinary lives, extraordinary things happen. It shows us with such clarity the potential that is within all of us. We may think we are just an ordinary person with no real knowledge, with no real future. Yet if we can put our trust in God, we can be amazed like Mary. My soul glorifies the Lord. Of course, I'm not saying that we were used like Mary was exactly because she was chosen by God to be the bearer of Jesus. What I'm saying is that her life is an example to us of the potential that is within us. The potential that is within us all if we can, if we do, put our trust in God. 
God is in the business of changing the ordinary into the extraordinary and he wants to do it in your life. God has a a great plan, a great purpose for your life and as we put our faith, as our trust in him, that purpose and that will will be revealed. As we say the words as Mary said, here I am Lord, I am your servant. Put your life into his hands. Surrender your future, your plans to him. Be willing to be obedient. And he will not let you down. And so the story of Mary goes on. And the next part we all know very well. It's, it's the, the, the nativity scene where Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem and the birth of Jesus happens. won't read about that. We know that story very well. Reminded about it every Christmas time. I want to pick up scripture after the birth of Jesus. In Luke 2 verse 19 it says this, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. After the miraculous birth of Jesus... And the glorification that he received from the shepherds, Mary, we are told, treasures up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Here we see a glimpse of the thoughts and the feelings that must have been going through her mind and her heart. She had put her trust in God. and She was subservient to him and his plans. And now the magnitude of what she had done And what God will do through her son, I believe, is starting to sink in. From the visit of the shepherds, she can see that truly he is the son of God. And that he will be the saviour of the world. Throughout her life, we see that she takes in all that happens in her life. All that she sees in the life of Jesus and treasures all of them. Do you treasure all the things that have happened in your life because of Jesus? All those breakthroughs that you have received in your life, do you treasure them? All those answers to prayer you've received, do you treasure them? Those times that God has healed you, those times that you've seen others healed, do you treasure them? All these extraordinary events that have happened in your life. We need to treasure them. It says in that verse that Mary treasured them and pondered them in her heart. I love that word, ponder. We don't use that word very often, do we? But it's a great word, ponder. Ponder means to think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. We ponder things, don't we? We think about things carefully. From Mary's life we can see before you make a decision in your life, ponder on what God has done. Mary treasured up all the things that had happened in her life. She treasured them up. She stored them up. And then she ponders on those things on what God has done and allows that to influence her decision. And we need to do the same. We need to 
rather than allow the negative things of our lives, the things that have gone wrong in our lives to influence the decisions that we make, maybe we make in fear that, oh no, I don't want that to happen again, we should do this. We should ponder on the things that God has done in our lives. The great things that God has done in our lives. We need to ponder on those things before we make a decision. Allow those things the miracles that we've seen, the answers to prayer that we've seen, the breakthroughs that we've seen, allow these things to influence the decisions that we make. Not the negative, not the disasters, but the amazing things that God has done in your life and you've seen in other people's lives. Luke 2 verse 51, we see again that we are told, it says, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. So throughout her life, we can see that Mary built up and treasured those things in her heart. I think Mary does her best to take care of her son a good, as a good Jewish mother. She presented him in the temple according to the law and custom. She took Jesus to the synagogue on the special feast days. She taught him God's word. She did everything she knew to do as a young Jewish mother to nurture and support and encourage her son. And I believe in the process of this, of raising Jesus, she tried to understand her son. But maybe she didn't fully understand him. Scripture sort of hints at that. Not really fully understands him. Not until the very end. And I believe it was Jesus that challenged and fostered Mary's trust the most. He might not have been her only son, but Mary... Had, but he was the son she had let she, she was the son she had to let go of time and time again. This was the son whose life she saved when he whose life was saved whose life she saved when he received a death threat before he was two years old, forcing Joseph and her to leave the country. And this was the son she couldn't save later on on the cross. Someone once said this about Mary and her son. He said, this was the son who amazed her in the temple when he was only 12 years old. He was preparing for a ministry that would change the world. As she listened to Jesus, she must have remembered the voice of Gabriel saying, this is God's work, Mary. This was the son whose words Mary learned to trust. When he spoke, others listened, even during a socially embarrassing incident at a small town wedding feast they were attending in Cana. When the bridegroom ran out of wine, Mary boldly told the servants, do whatever my son tells you to do. This was the son whose miraculous acts of grace witnessed all over the country of Palestine reached Mary's proud ears. And this was the son whose brutal rejection by the religious establishment pierced her heart. This was the son lifted high on a Roman cross, blood spilling from his body. This was the son whose last words of love rang in her ears until her dying breath as she heard him say, to his dearest friend on earth, take care of my mother. As she helplessly stood by and watched Jesus die, an agonizing and humiliating death on a cross, perhaps she hopelessly asked, along with all the others, what does it all mean? Perhaps she was tempted to think, did I really hear the voice of God before his birth, or was it my imagination? And after her son's death, his burial and his resurrection, a voice inside reminded her again, yes, Mary, this too is God's work. 
So why did God choose Mary? From among the many thousands of women available, why did God choose her to be the one who bore the Savior of the world? It wasn't because of her wonderful experience as a mother. What he said, she was around 14 or 16. It wasn't because she was the best mother in all of Israel. It was because she was totally dedicated to God and was resolute in her focus on God's will for her life. She was trustworthy. She was willing to surrender her life to God and his plan and his purpose for her, whatever it may be. She was chosen because when Gabriel confronted her with the news, her reply was, I am the Lord's servant. Someone once said this. She spoke, this is Mary, she spoke of God's will as the most important thing in her life. No doubt she had to contend with nosy neighbours who wanted to know how and why she got pregnant before she was married. No doubt she had to deal with those who wanted to bring her down in disgrace and humiliation. No doubt Joseph's initial feelings of shame and disgrace concerned her. No doubt her trust in God made her give up her reputation and comfort zone. But it is interesting to note that those stories are all forgotten. They aren't even a part of recorded history. We don't remember Mary's loss of reputation or the social embarrassment. We remember she was given a reputation above all women of the world by God himself as the mother of his one and only son, Jesus. We remember that Mary was as faithful to God as she knew how to be. Mary is a wonderful example to us of the power of God at work in our lives. The potential that is there in all of us if we are able and willing to surrender our lives to God. To truly put our trust in Him. You know, we may not have had a a heavenly encounter with an angelic messenger from God. And we will not be in the exact same situation as Mary. But we do have the opportunity to stand upon all that we know upon all that we have treasured in our hearts. We have the opportunity to say yes to God and his promise of eternal life. We have a choice. Maybe today you've never given your life to Jesus and you're not a Christian yet. Today you can change all of that and take the opportunity to give your life to him. To be like Mary and put your trust in him and change your life from the ordinary to the extraordinary. To become the person that God always destined you to be. All that it takes is a recognition of your need of forgiveness. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God and a commitment to follow him with all your heart and soul. If you've never given your life to Christ today, I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you today to say yes to God. To make God part of your life. To say yes to him. Maybe today you once gave your life to Christ and you've not followed him as closely as you wanted to. Things have happened in your life. Make today 
a day of recognition. A day where you change your life from being ordinary to being extraordinary. God is in the business of changing the ordinary into the extraordinary. He is in the business of transforming our normal everyday lives into lives of fulfilment and lives of wonder. And so I close this morning with a challenge to be like Mary, to put your trust in Him. To put your faith in Him. To put your life into His hands today, I pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Indian Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelin.co.uk.